You're listening to TechNest, the PropTech Podcast. In each episode, you'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Discover market opportunities, interesting data, growth tactics, and trends driving the industry forward. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Hey, Donato. Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, nice to meet you and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is exciting. Now, I'm going to spill the beans here. Um, In the pre-show, normally I do like a little bit of like info gathering, making sure we're on the same page and Donato is a secret espionage type like interviewer himself like opening me up like a, a can of beans over here getting my whole life story somehow out of me in the pre-show I don't know how you did that but I appreciate the conversation here uh, before the show um, we're going to talk about your business Bright Investor and um, actually um, and, and let me give a little description of that. Bright Investor, uh, when I'm looking into it, I, I describe it as like a data aggregation tool that helps investors reduce time spent researching markets. Does that sound right to you? Definitely. Before we get into that business, I need to know, we, we got to spill the beans uh, here on, on you. This is not your only gig, right? No, I've got a couple irons in the fire. Uh, a couple things. All going right, let's talk about the day job real quick. Yeah, so uh, by day, I work for the Department of Defense as a geospatial analyst. I've been doing that for almost two years now. And what that means is I work with satellites and imagery, and I'm collecting information intelligence, uh, forming reports, and then uh, delivering them to senior policymakers in the uh, intelligence community and the highest levels of Congress to go make decisions about you know, international affairs. Okay, so your your day job is data collection, data mining, and you, you how how do you how do you go from that to like I can apply this for real estate? Like, what was the connecting point or catalyst there of seeing that it's more than what you can do on the, the side, but you could build something for yourself and really create something as well? Yeah, uh, I guess it kind of has to go back a little bit to uh, college. Uh, all those years ago. Um, so when I was in college, I was majoring in uh, biology. And I was majoring in biology, and I was minoring in GIS. And GIS is basically geospatial uh, information systems, and it's all about mapping. Now, mm-hmm. around COVID, uh, when COVID hit in 2020, and I was the uh, end of my junior year of college, I had just invested in the stock market for the first time, lost half of what I had like overnight, because uh, I wasn't in control of the stock market, I put in like thirty grand, and it dropped to like thirteen, in just like you know a oh couple of days because it just half it gone. And I was like, well, I have a lot of time in my hands, and I just realized the stock market does not give me wealth that I'm in control of directly. Uh, there must be something else out there. So that's what led me to real estate, and I started launching my uh, my first company, which was wholesaling company, which didn't do well, but we tried anyways. Uh, I started working for a property manager. I was moving people in when the when a realtor would sell houses. I, he would call me and I'd move people in. I would help people buy Airbnbs and furnish them and just do anything I could in the real estate space. When I got to the uh, 
spring semester of my senior year of college, I was already interested in real estate. And I was working on my senior project, which was make a map. Your GIS minor, make a map. So I started thinking, huh. well, I know I'm moving to St. Louis when I graduate college. And I know I want to buy real estate. But I don't know anything about St. Louis. And I don't know which property is in the right location. I don't know where the, you know, which areas are safe or dangerous, which areas are increasing in value, which areas are near good schools. Like I don't know any of this. And if I call an agent, they can tell me some information, but otherwise they'd be steering. And so they'll just refer me to another pl- platform to look information about myself. Right. And I can call my, my uncle or my aunt who's in the area, but what they think is good might not be what I think is good, especially as an investor. So I came to the conclusion, if I have to make a map for my project, why do I make a real estate map and use data about real estate that I want to find out, put it on a visual format so it's easy to understand, and make that my project? Mm. So I did. And that ended up being some of the first prototypes for what would eventually become Bright Investor. It just makes all the sense in the world. It's like there's, uh, there's there's a very short book. It's a fictional business book, Obvious Adams. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Obvious Adam. I'll, I'll look at it. I think it's literally like 26 pages, and it's oh, like wow. a children's. It, it should be a I mean, it should be read by all adults, but it basically looks like a children. But it's all about this guy who just does the obvious thing. That just seems like the obvious thing to do. Okay, so so you make this um, you make this digital map, looking at St. Louis, and you, and you complete your project, and obviously it goes on to to become bright investor, but you were still doing real estate, other stuff in real estate, right? Yeah. So as I was running my wholesaling company, I was running, learning more about real estate. And once I shut that down, I realized I wanted to do something that that had a long-term ownership so I can own property and continue to, you know, get cash flow appreciation, depreciation, all the benefits that come along with it. So in doing that, I thought, well, what's the easiest way to own the most assets fastest? I'm like, oh, I'll just buy a big building. So uh, as I talked to more people, they said house hacking is the way to go. If you're going to buy your first property, go buy a four-family unit uh, and go live in one, rent out the others, and live for free. So I did. And the morning of my 22nd birthday, I closed on my first four-family house hack in St. Louis. Wow. At the same, the same time then, uh, I, I guess so, so many parts of the story, it's insane. While I was closing the wholesaling company down and I was working on getting my fourplex – I was also offering on a 96-unit complex that was in St. Louis that I wanted to go buy. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing, but I found a partner, found a property, wrote an offer, got it accepted, graduated college, did the three-day road trip home from Boise State, got back home at 10 o'clock at night, and at 4 or 5 a.m. the next morning, I was in my car driving to St. Louis to go meet the contractors I hired to do the walkthrough. Wow. Got that one all the way to um, PSA signing, or purchase and sale agreement signing, and mm-hmm. that one deal fell through. Oh. I know. I lost a couple thousand dollars on it, learned a ton, uh, very educational experience, which prepared me for about two months later when my old landlord in college said, hey, I'm joining this multifamily education group and to learn how to do syndication. I know you were just doing this like on your own. Do you want to join this group with me and let's see if we can make something happen? I said, Sure. So we got together. We created a six-person team to do commercial multifamily syndication. I had just started my day job as a geospatial analyst. I had just closed my four-family house hack. And now I was working with a syndication company. And over the next year, 
we looked at over 96 properties, and in July 2022, we closed my first deal, which is a 172-unit building in Waco, Texas. Oh, hey oh, So you're near uh, Chip and Joanna. Did you go say hi yes, to them when you yes, go down to... Yes, uh... we're very close. We looked at some of their deals in the area, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very so, cool. So let me ask you this. I mean, you know, obviously, you spend a lot of time as an active real estate investor. You know, you do data collection on your day job. How does all this impact your product roadmap as to what you're deciding, what needs to be built, how you build things first, and you know how you're even displaying the data? It affects everything. I mean, when I'm working with data on a day-to-day basis and visualizing it, it's all about being able to communicate information in the way that the audience can actually receive it. It doesn't matter if I can put something down and I understand it. We have to write to not be misunderstood, not to be understood. And so when we're mm-hmm. visualizing something, if I, can, if I can put all this data on a you know, nice map with nice colors, give it to someone who's never done real estate before, and they can understand what we're displaying, then we're doing a good job. And anything mm-hmm. less than that means that we're losing people in the disconnect between what we have and what they want, but they're just not seeing that the value that is there because we aren't effectively communicating it. Mm-hmm. And then on the product feature side, almost everything we've done building the product out has come from feedback. And feedback comes from a lot of different ways. So instead of just in one, sometimes people will come to you and say, hey, it'd be cool if you did this. But feedback is out there in so many different ways. And so what I would do is I would go to like bigger pockets forums and look up how to find real estate market data. And I just search different search terms and find out what are active real estate investors looking for answers on? What data do they need? What are they searching mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. And I just wrote all that down. Like, okay, people looking for this and this and this and this and this. Hey, uh, you know, Mr. Agent, what can you not answer if somebody calls you? Oh, I can't tell them this, this, and this. Like, okay, I'm gonna write that down. Okay, when I do my own investing uh, in the commercial real estate side, Okay, if I'm working with a commercial lender or you know a commercial brokerage, and they give me a report, what's on the report that they're sending me? Like, okay, okay, this, this, and this, and I start aggregating all this information on this is all what's super important to people, and they're mm-hmm. not getting the answers in a cost-effective way, a fast way, or in an efficient way that they can understand. So if I can yeah. do all that at a better cost and a better way to understand it faster in one place, we have a product. And so that has become our product map, and we continually have feedback on what we uh, implement to the uh, right investor. I, I, I do like that way of like hunting down uh, data, even from the perspective of you know what, what, what are people not allowed to tell you, but what do people want? And you kind of like marry those two sides, like, well, hey, we have something here uh, that people would want and potentially even even pay for in creating a product. And I imagine it's got to be pretty challenging. There are so many data aggregation services mm-hmm. in real estate. And there's some for just office. You've got some for just multifamily. You have some that for the storage industry. How do you how do you balance with like, it seems like everyone's done everything already. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what what's your angle, your take that, hey, this is the edge that we've got and we're going to continue moving in it. And it obviously like, don't tell me the secret formulas you got going on a few things. <laughs> For sure. Well, I can say definitely part of the reason that we've been successful so far is the team we have around us. And my co-founder, a mm-hmm. uh, guy named Drew, I uh, love Drew. He was uh, Brandon Turner's intern in Maui for Bigger Pockets uh, for a period of six months. 
and he got to meet some of the biggest names in real estate for and get to know them every day, speak about their projects, and learn the ins and outs of their operations. Mm-hmm. And while I was in college working on the first prototypes for what would become Bright Investor, unbeknownst to me, Drew was on Maui talking to Brandon, doing his market research. And Drew's going out there. He's spending 30 hours doing this and coming back to Brandon saying, hey, there's this, this sucks. There's no product out there for this. And Brandon's saying, hey, I completely agree. There's no good product in this space that serves this problem for new investors. So I didn't even know at the time, but Drew is already getting product market fit and understanding from the highest levels of real estate. Even this guy is mm-hmm. saying this is something that people are asking for and there's no product for it. There's no solution. And so we came together and we had the, the kind of like buoyancy of being, knowing that these big people in real estate want this product out there for their audience. We as right. investors on a day-to-day basis wish we had a product like this. We kept going forward and we moved on to say, as we talked to more investors, we asked questions of where people were going. There was just this commonality of, well, I tried doing this and it got too hard, so I stopped. And then I went and I made a mistake in real estate that cost me $30,000. So wow. as we had all these different directions coming in, we realized that this product was going to be able to serve people in a way that nothing else was because we were taking data that was applicable from the people who were just starting all the way to people who are very experienced in the business and we're giving it to them in a way that everybody wants to see information, which is visually – because over we did surveys, 95% of people said, just show me. I don't want to, I don't want to read it. I don't want to talk about it. Just show me what I need to see. And it all started with this commitment to show people what they need, make it interactive, give it the data they are claiming they need, and do it in a mm-hmm. way that's updated for them. And so as we continue to get feedback throughout this whole process, it became clear that what we were crafting was something that no one had done before. Now, when you're thinking about you know the different features you're building, obviously you have to think about the use case and who's using this. Uh, so are you more focused on local mom pop are you trying to find the investor who's you know building a large book of business maybe they're doing some syndications themselves or even you know small private office uh, uh, you know family office and private equity sure we're definitely targeting the individual investors from the uh, basically entry level career to like mid level uh, by and mm-hmm. large now I, and that's where we're really helping people learn like this is how you get the information you can avoid the pain that we all went through all this is going to be mm-hmm. right here for you and showing that from the beginning, if you leverage this tool and this community, you will have exponentially faster and higher success because you're taking, avoiding all those pain points that other people have had before you. On the mm-hmm. flip side of that, we are also seeing a large part of our audience and people who are using our platform are commercial multifamily syndicators because they need to go out and they need to raise money. And when they're mm-hmm. doing deals, they need to be able to understand what's going on in their market. And what, what, what better way to raise money and be able to communicate confidently that you know what's happening in the area around your asset than being able to have a PDF showing all the updated market information on a level no one else has seen before with data no one else has seen before that you could hand over and say, look at how much I know in my area. So we're, although we're targeting people who are definitely new in the industry, that could be brand new to commercial syndication or brand new to residential. And we're finding the applicability uh, everywhere. That's very cool. I, I actually, I think I'm probably one of those people who's a bit of a visual. I like to, um, I'm just kind of thinking about that and what you're saying. I, I'm, and, and now I'm realizing like I take every spreadsheet and then pivot table and then mm-hmm. make charts. 
I'm like, yeah, I, exactly. I, and if I'm not doing that, even still in the pivot table, I'm then I'm applying the the gradient colors so that I can look at things. And it doesn't even have to be. I mean, it could be something with it's like three columns and twenty rows. I'm still gonna do it um, mm-hmm. because it just you know there's certain ways that you know the brain connects to colors and visuals. And I'm not a scientist to tell you how that works, but it certainly seems to make a lot of sense. I want to talk about your new product. So this is yeah. this is kind of cool. So actually, let me let me back up a little bit. So so you, I think you mentioned some of the, the stats or, or or data that you got available, like crime stats, mm-hmm. appreciation rates, population, job growth, and I think to some degree, I, I mean, I've seen variations of this in other tools and platforms. But you've got this new product, and you call it the Path of Progress Tracking. Mm-hmm. What is it? How does it work? Yeah. So basically, what we're asking is. Can we see the future in real estate? And the golden question beyond location, location, location is what's going to happen? Where are the properties being built? Where are the investments happening? Can I buy somewhere when properties are $50,000 and then five years later they're worth five hundred? Can you predict the future? And the way people do that is by tracking the path of progress. Meaning if I'm buying in you know, a metropolitan area, is the city expanding west? Is it expanding southeast? Where are the subdivisions going in? Where are the local franchises going in? Where is capital being poured into a region? And can I buy there mm-hmm. and track it in near real time so that I can be putting my investments right in the path of this progress and ride the wave of increased property values and better successful returns? And the answer is yes, you can do that because we did it. And what this product does is it tracks build permit activity going back, I think right now, 15 years nationwide. And so any area that you're looking at, we will show you build permits that are being pulled up to just a couple weeks after they've been pulled and display it on a heat map. Not only a heat map, but one that's animated over time. So kind of like when you're watching the Weather Channel and you see the Doppler and you see the storm moving. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine mm-hmm. seeing the same thing for where development's happening. So you can literally see in vivid color where is the money going, where are the areas that are up and coming, and track all different types of build permits, residential, commercial, you know, active ones, even things that are specific so in the city. It doesn't have to be yeah. it doesn't have to be in like just a rural area where it's like, you know, obviously it's a new build, but in a city where you have like you're doing a full-on uh, retrofitting of uh, an apartment building, or they're you know you, you're expanding the footprint of a building, or a lot is actually getting built up. You can uh, that's pretty cool. Absolutely, and we show things we can filter by renovation build permits or brand new construction build permits. And then if you want to see build permits that were specifically for an HVAC or a kitchen or a bathroom or an ADU or a demolition, mm-hmm. anything that you need to track for your specific project, we can show it to you in a visual format, in a really rad-looking heat map, and you can pinpoint address by address exactly what build permits are being issued. Actor wrote in the computer when they pulled that permit. And I cannot tell you how many spelling errors there are in all those descriptions. I've read them all. It does not bode well for the contracting community. But you can see legitimately what did you know Clark see, in Austin, Texas say. 
that that that's why that's the real crux of the problem for uh, permits getting through. It's it's not because of the local governments. Nope, it's just the spelling errors that have thrown everybody off. Yep, I'm telling you, it's the spelling errors. Like, what do you, what, what is this? You know, demo? Did you mean demo? Oh, geez, I can't tell you how difficult that was to clean the data. <laughs> Well, that's that's kind of funny to th- think about. Like you pick up some of those little things along the way. I, I obviously, I don't think anyone's thinking too too tightly about their their spelling and some of those things. But you'll see some fun stuff as you're digging into that. I, I'd love to talk a little more about you know we t- talked a little about the, the targeting that you're doing and, and you know the data. But like, how are you going about in finding your customer? Because I've been in this space for a few years and ex- ex- you know almost exclusively selling to mom-pop mm. landlords in those with up to 50 units. And it could be a challenge to find them and, and to get a product in front of them. Absolutely. And so what we're doing is we're not directly finding them. We're finding who they're listening to. And so we are very much prioritizing affiliate marketing and targeting education groups, webinar hosts, mm-hmm. uh, podcasts, and individuals who have curated audiences that already are promoting why is real estate great? How do you invest in real estate? You know, talk to me. Here's my course or my education group. People who are committed mm-hmm. to learning how to do this and are running head first into this brick wall of where do I buy? Which deals in the right location? We are meeting with all these people and say, hey, we have this product that's going to answer the questions that your audience keeps asking you. And we've already mm-hmm. been at the point now where those affiliates and those influencers and people who have these groups are reaching out to us saying, you guys have this product that's answering questions that I keep getting every single day. Can we work together? And so what we're doing oh, is we're working okay. with them and we're going into their newsletters, doing webinars with them, um, doing demos for their audiences. And we're scaling that up to work with people who have milli- collectively millions of people and their followings. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we're able to tap directly into the people who are the most dedicated to learning about real estate. And we're able to mm-hmm. showcase that, hey, we're working with this individual who's already who's done a lot of the hard work and gaining your trust. They vetted us in our product. They everybody tests up. We give everybody, you know, free account to test it out for a little bit when it comes to our partners. And they vet us, mm-hmm. they say this is great, and then we work with them to provide a solution to the audience they already have. I love it. Go where they're at. Uh, it's a it's a it, it makes a lot of sense from a perspective of go to market, especially if you have a uh, potentially high CPA or CAC with product. If you're trying to do a whole bunch of you know Facebook ads and things like that, mm-hmm. it can be really challenging. You know, working with those who have the ability to cast a net out to the ideal customers. Deny, we're going to shift here. I'm going to drop it into uh, two bottom segments of our show. The uh, first one is is one I like to call it's for the future. For the future is when I get to ask each guest who comes in the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Are you okay. ready to play? I'm so ready to play. Let's do this thing. <laughs> All right. First one here. What does Bright Investor look like one year from now? Bright Investor from one year from now looks like a platform that not only can show you market research, but also has live property data. You can check on market, off market information, present your deals to other investors in our community and have ideally have served over 25,000 people on a month-to-month basis, expanding our data um, exponentially. Awesome. All right, number two, this is going to be a challenging one. Let me uh, make sure I've got this framed in a way I wanted to ask it. Uh, Do you think that the net number of real estate investors in the U.S. will increase or will it decrease 
given the current and likely near-term market conditions? Absolutely increase. Absolutely. I say that for a couple of reasons. One, how many individuals purchased a home at low interest rate and now they're finding that they can't actually move out or buy their forever home? So they're turning their existing assets or homes they couldn't sell into rentals because that's the opportunity they have in the front of them. How many people are recognizing that when it comes to real estate, especially over the past couple of years, some areas are appreciating 25% a year. And just by buying in the right location, even if it's a primary home, the value of that asset is going up exponentially higher than they could have ever dreamed of just by making one down payment paying a mortgage. I think traditional real estate investors are going to be uh, very surprised by how much creative real estate investing occurs over the next few years, especially as people recognize mm. that in a tumultuous environment when it comes to banks are failing or interest rates are going up, real estate in its many forms provides ways for everyday investors to create wealth in ways that traditionally have been unavailable. And with the advent of really internet education for real estate specifically, making it easy to find people who have this information, mm-hmm. it is easier than ever to find a strategy and to find a community that can help you make real estate happen quickly. All right, follow-up question on that. And it's, you know, it's obviously totally arbitration. Ar- 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 arbitration, no. What's the word I was looking for? Arbitrary. Arbitrary. Your arbitrary opinion on this one here. I don't know if anyone can back this up. Is the Burr method dead? <laughs> um, in a traditional way, yes. In a very traditional way, generally speaking, yes. Unless you're in a very low uh, cost of acquisition market. What is mm. not dead are the people that I know in like Seattle who are purchasing a property with a large lot they are then putting an ADU on that property after fixing up the single family that's already on there. So they buy a lot, has a single family on it, reno that, put an ADU on it, increase the value of the property by $600,000, and then refinance out of that. That is not dead. That's actively being done, and it's technically wow. still a burr. Even, even with not. today's interest rates? Even with today's interest rates. I, I know someone who's doing that right now. So I would say if people who are doing Burr successfully are either fantastic negotiators and found a person who really needs to sell and great job, or they're in a very low cost of acquisition market, have great private mm-hmm. lenders giving them low, awesome terms in their private lending, or they're getting creative on how they're burring these deals. What other ways can I drive more revenue or drive more value in this asset so I can refi yeah. uh, where the higher interest rates make sense? All right. Question number three on four of the future. We're back to the standard questions. What's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Oh, the selling of real estate as a get rich with no work approach, because it's not. It can be made very passive in the future with a lot of work right systems and implementation of teams, but it is not something that can be done with a strong foundation in like 30 days or 60 days. And it typically Mm. requires a lot more work or a lot more capital than people are willing to admit. So I wish that people would just be more clear about real estate can work for you, but it's going to take more work than you ever imagined and uh, stop necessarily selling the 
you know, if you pay me $1,296.43, I'll make you a real estate millionaire in the next 36 hours or 42 minutes. Otherwise, I'll, you know, give you a check for $2 billion. Something like that. Yeah. I've shared this story a few times on the show, maybe. Um, pretty sure. But my, my first exposure to real estate education, I think I was, I don't even know if I was graduated high school yet, but I was 18 and I drove down to Philly and I, I was promised all the secrets of real estate and they teased a whole lot and they found out it was going to cost like several thousand dollars for the secrets of real estate. And I, that must have jaded me for quite some time mm-hmm. as I burned gas I didn't have to get back home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep. I was, I mean, you know that, and it was it was very similar to that of like you can get started. It's not a lot of money, and you can do it part time on the weekends. And and they try to make bird dogging sound, you know, like yep. you're, the easy way to get into wholesale. That's that's always the hook. We're gonna yep. teach you how to bird dog. What is that? And then they they're like, oh don't worry, it's it's easy. I'm like that's probably one of the hardest roles mm-hmm. uh, to to do really well is to be the one who uncovers the deal. But, yeah, um, yeah, that's, absolutely. And that's the way it works. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. I definitely got jaded my first uh, couple of times trying to talk about real estate education because I got that I had that same experience where like, oh, I'm, I'm so ready to learn. Like, I'm eager. I can do this. And they're like, great. Mm-hmm. You are a check to me, nothing else until you can get that check in front of me. And that definitely put a chip on my shoulder for a while on uh, being able to like trust that coaching can work and mentorship can work because uh, having that poor experience. And typically at the very beginning, people are so concerned about saving money that the no money and all your time is what's attractive, but I completely agree. Bird dogging, being able to locate a deal, analyze a deal, have a conversation with the seller, start negotiating a deal, and do it in a way that's legal and actually going to work at the closing table is extremely difficult. It just doesn't cost mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. tangible cash out of your pocket to go have to do that. But I cannot agree yeah, with you more. Yeah. All right, number four on For the Future, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate? as a result of tech advances? You know, I'm not very bullish on office space as we continue to move forward. Um, oh. I, know I, we've, I think it's uh, going to be something that as we continue to see remote work, not necessarily be as dominant as it was when uh, you know, COVID was still coming out and happening, but mm-hmm. in some offices are going to more hybrid work, work roles. You know, the, the tree's been planted. And the only office spaces, especially in places like you know, major metros like New York City, the occupancies are depressed and they are remaining depressed except for the absolute A-class, most technologically endowed buildings. And everything that's like in you know, 1980, 1990 product that's still outdated is having those occupancies fall down to 80, 70, 60, 50%. And so as people have gotten a better taste of what hybrid looks like, I don't see office being something that people are going to want to pour millions of dollars into, even though traditionally it's been kind of the bedrock of downtown. The only caveat I'd have for that is because people talk about commercial real estate tanking and why people are demanding people go back to work is because downtown offices are the magnet that attract workers during the day that support a variety of businesses whether that be laundromats, whether that be uh, dry cleaning services or fast food restaurants or other dining places, people would do business meetings, shops. And so having office space is what is attracting people to come support these other businesses during the day, which is a source mm-hmm. of revenue for those entrepreneurs, but it's an also property tax revenue for the city. And if those businesses don't do well and those buildings have to be sold and the city gets less property tax revenue, then downtowns can start to suffer. 
So if across the nation, metropolitan areas make and the city governments make a conscious decision to incentivize office spaces with enough tax breaks or benefits that could help support lower occupancies and somehow support the entrepreneurs and the businesses that were supporting the people that were coming into those offices, then I could see offices staying on. But minus that massive level of action, you know, people are always going to need a place to live. And I love multifamily, but I'm not very bullish on office spaces. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I tell you, I don't necessarily disagree, but I also, who knows? Exactly. <laughs> like if, they make them, saying- if they make them really good, if they make them really good enough to, to where I want to have to go back, I, you know, but the reality is I haven't had a, a more than a mile commute to work or, or any, ser- what I would describe as any serious commute to work. I haven't had a serious commute to work since I worked for a home builder in 2006 Okay. Or 2008, when I left the home builder in 2008. And that was because sometimes you have to drive an hour to get to the job site, you know, depending on where we were we were working. And since then, I mean, it's just I, I once had a, a, a bus ride to work. And then after that, it's always been a short walk at the most. And it's really hard for me to imagine that changing. And now that I live in South Dakota, I sure as heck don't see offices buildings going in my neighborhood. So I, I don't think I'll be commuting anywhere. <laughs> gotcha. you know, yeah. listen, I'm just fine with with wake up to the to the kitchen to the office and in my house that works out just fine for me. All right, we're going to shift over to the last three here, Donato, so our listeners get to know you just a bit better. First one is, what are you reading? Oh, man. What I'm currently reading is actually a uh, book on negotiations and philosophy from Aristotle currently at the moment. Oh, uh, But I did wow. just get finished reading um, a reread of my favorite series, which is the Mars Trilogy uh, by uh, Kim Stanley Robinson. Uh, highly recommend it. Red Mars, Blue Mars, Green Mars. Uh, it's about eco-politics. like sci-fi and, or? Yeah, it's like ecological sci-fi. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically doing um, kind of like uh, terraforming on Mars, but also typing in like technology, politics, and uh, ecology, and as well as human mm. dynamics and the condition into what does it mean to be a human not on Earth. Uh, highly recommend it. Wow. Two here, uh, who are you learning from? I am actively learning from one of my partners in multifamily. Uh, I, his name's Adam. He is, he's been in multifamily since he was like 13 years old. He has a thousand units already. And he is, while quiet up front, wow. has so much going on in his head that being able to, to chat with him and learn more about what he sees and what's, what he's observing, uh, I found to be very insightful as I continue to grow my business in multifamily as well. Uh, so I love speaking to my friend Adam. Very cool. And last one here, what inspires you? What inspires me is the ability to go back to my family's house in Iowa, sit down with my parents at the board game table, and absolutely destroy them in eight hours of board gaming. Uh, (laughs) I love it. What's the game of choice? Oh, don't get – you're going to be here for hours, I'm telling you. Okay. you got to pick one. You're on a desert okay. island. You get one oh, game that you can destroy other people game. in. Yep. Okay. Then if I'm playing one game, I'm going to destroy people in. It's called the Res Arcana. Res Arcana. Never even heard it, of that. It is a French game by Tom Lemon. Uh, I think Tom Lemon. And it is an engine-building game where you draft uh, magical artifacts. 
that stack on top of each other, and they each have uh, compounding effects where you can earn like um, resources and then use those resources mm. to buy more powerful actions, which gets you victory points. That game, other games, I want to have fun. And I'm going to teach you the rules. I'm going to walk you through it. We're going to have a great time. If we play Res Arcana, we are not friends. This is, this, <laughs> this is a battlefield. And the biggest compliment I ever got playing this game was when my mom said, it's not even worth playing with you. And I'm like, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that means that I've done my job. I love that game. Oh, it's fantastic. So here I thought, you're, I thought you were going to name the Cones of Dunshire. Oh, See, I can never forget that game because you have to remember the essence is about that's, the cones. It's a good, great it's game. It's about the cones. Um, yeah, I <laughs> love board games. And so the just the ability to create a life now when I'm younger and prioritize this season of work and creation, that allows mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. to – I don't have to spend eight hours a day doing something I don't want to do. I can still work on the products that really fill me up with joy. But if I want to go spend time with my parents and I can go play that board game with them – I can go spend time with my grandpa in the back, smoke a cigar with him while he tells me that he shouldn't have sold the business when back in 96 because he still had 10 more good years in him. No, that's the stuff that makes me really excited. Um, that, that's just what really inspires me to do this work now because you don't have forever yeah. with the people that are around you. And I want what I can have now. That's good. This has been a lot of fun. Donato, thank you for coming on the show and sharing about Bright Investor. Um, I'm sure... Uh, at least I hope maybe one day this will turn into the this will be your day job and the, the government thing will be in the past but uh, it sounds like it's working out you guys got some traction you're getting adoption before we close out for those who want to learn more about Bright Investor and or get in touch with you where do they go how do they do that yeah so you can go to brightinvestor.com uh, that's our website we have a live chat system so any messages you send will go straight to our team and I'll see all those messages uh, you can also reach out to me on Instagram at Donato underscore Callahan and be happy to chit-chat with you on multifamily real estate, prop tech, uh, venture capitalists, or uh, a lot of other you know, different folks about real estate. Awesome. Well, hopefully I'll see you around. Until then, we'll catch you later. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to TechNest, the PropTech podcast. Find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode on technest.io. You can get future episodes delivered to your ears directly by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast apps. Follow TechNest on social media to stay up to speed on new developments, resources, and announcements in PropTech. Your support is greatly appreciated. There's two ways you can directly support this podcast. Share episodes you find interesting and then leave a review of the show in the App Store. From Nate and the TechNest team, thanks for listening.